Welcome to the Dental Master Series podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermolen. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself, both personally and professionally. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear from people who have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these same people also genuinely want you to be able to do the same. So I'm so honored to once again um, uh, welcome uh, Dr. John Phillips back to our program. Uh, John, welcome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about tonight. I'm excited about what it is uh, uh, we're going to talk about and really you're going to talk about. So I'm almost going to be interviewing you this evening. And so uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit. And so this is going to be a great topic and uh, I'm going to learn a lot. So, So thanks again for having me. Thank you, John. And so uh, in our past uh, few podcasts, we've gone over the different stages of dental practice. And in the last few, um, we have uh, focused on the stage two practice. And the stage two practice is that practice that's uh, growing. They've gone beyond the ADA average. Uh, they're pretty much double the size of an ADA average practice. Um, and they're experiencing growth. Um, but there's a lot of things that have to be done to get through that stage because even though it's a good stage uh, monetarily for your practice, it's it's a really bad stage to be in in terms of uh, busyness and things like that. So you want to move through that uh, so you can um, get some freedom of your time. And so uh, go ahead, John. And Matt, you know that stage two practice, you you really shouldn't be in there very long. It It's hard. It's hard on your family. It can be hard on you. Um, it's, it, it, I would say it's almost like being in, in prison where you just feel like, man, we're going, we're doing really good, but it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Maybe we're making a lot of money. Yeah. Maybe we're reaching our goals, but it just doesn't feel right. And the true freedom comes when you break out and go to the next level, that stage three, because then you have more freedom to execute the vision. Right. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, especially entrepreneurs that um, have a small practice or a small business, and they always talk that term, the golden handcuffs. And, um, you know, you're, you're making really great money. Uh, your business is doing really well, but you're just really um, tied to it. And so I would... So if you can picture that kind of business, that's stage two, and that's not where you really want to be. The gold is great, but handcuffs, not so much. So Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, and, and listen, listen, if you can leave your practice and you can be gone for two weeks or three weeks and, and the goals that you have for your practice, if you can leave your practice and they can still reach those goals without, without you being there, there's a good chance you're not a stage two practice. So those right. doctors that are listening, be thinking, how do I get to the point where that practice no longer needs me? And that's kind of kind of hard pill to swallow to some of you because this is your baby. You've put all your time, energy, focus, passion into it. Well, at some point, you want the baby to be able to grow up and eat solid food by itself, be able to do things by itself. And if you can step away for two, three, four weeks and the practice still does well, then maybe you're not in stage two anymore. But if you can't do that, you definitely want to look at moving in that direction. Absolutely. So in the past podcast, we've we've talked um, about things that are what we think are essential, uh, fundamental things that 
um, have to be put into place when you're in stage two so that you can move beyond that. And these things, uh, as we've covered before, it's, you're not going to perfect it in stage two, but you got to get it started and get it going. And, and these are things like the morning huddle and, and talking about how your schedule should be, the whole new patient experience, which we spent two podcasts on. And I hope we weren't too long-winded. I think, I think we had a lot of really valuable things. And now uh, I think the third uh, essential thing is that you need to have some sort of um, – uh, team management. You have to have some sort of a system uh, with the HR, those kind of things. And um, the title of this is how to l- leverage your, your stage to growth uh, and your time with team leaders. So we're going to talk about uh, team leaders. And, and John, um, I, I know your practice and in, in my practice, uh, we just couldn't do what we do uh, without team leaders. And, you know, so, so who would you, you know, who are team leaders? Well, when, when you're sitting here and you're listening to this podcast right now, and maybe you don't have any type of leadership structure in place, and you're thinking, wow, number one, why do I want a team leader? And number two, who are they? You, there's a good chance you have some people in your practice right now that are leadership material. Number one, they got your back. Number two, they understand where the practice is going. Number three, their belief systems, meaning how they feel about you, how they feel about your dentistry, how they feel about taking care of your patients, or how your practice takes care of your patients. Everything is aligned. And you you probably know who we're talking about right now in your practice. So if you know someone in your practice that meets all those criteria, And you don't have to beg them to come to work. You don't have to beg them to come to work with a good attitude. And, and, you know, maybe they're always on your side as long as it's the right side to be on. If you're on the wrong side, and I have been before, and my team leader's like, no, 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 you're looking at this wrong. And, and so they, they've got to be able to challenge you as well. I, I do believe that the, the people listening tonight, have people in their practice that could have only been there a year, but their leadership material. Maybe they've been there 10 or 20 years, but some of your 10 or 20 year employees are never going to be leadership material. They're never right. going to be at the team leader level. Do you agree with that? Right. Absolutely. Um, it's not about time in. Um, it's And it's not also, um, you know, my, I, I, I have my sister-in-law is in a, in a company where she excelled uh, to a point where she was recognized nationally by the company. They flew her to New York City. They had a big awards dinner, uh, did all these things, just threw all kinds of accolades at her, and it was all very nice. At the time, she had never even flown before, so it was a whole new experience wow. for her. Wow, wow. So she comes back, and not too long after that, they said, you know, uh, Paula, you, we, we need you to, to move into this. And, and basically, it was a management position. And so she took it, but guess what? She, she hated her job. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't what she, she did well at. So, so you might be listening to this, uh, Dennis, you might be listening to this and go, man, um, this assistant, she's just the best. She can do everything. There's not anything she can't do. And she actually amazes me what she can do. So she's going to be my team leader. And, uh, we'll talk a little bit about why that might not be the right choice. And, and I want you to think about my sister-in-law and what happened with her. And of course, you know, now she's in a job she doesn't like, do you think she's performing well? She was trying, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't good. I mean, she thought about quitting. Here's one of their best employees <laughs> thinking about quitting uh, just mm. 
know, a year later. So, um, so that's an important lesson. And, and just about, I want to, um, if you're somewhere where you sit down and you can draw circles or draw circles in your mind, um, you know, here you are the dentist. And, and if you, if you draw one big circle, uh, and then in, and then sort of half that distance and draw another circle inside of that and then draw a smaller one in the, in the middle. So it's, you're, you're drawing a target. And if you look on that outside periphery uh, between the outside and the next ring, if you, if you think about that, um, in terms of time, so this is your, your time circle and your time target, and you spend the, all the time in that outer, uh, circle. So that's that third ring on the outside and, and you're the dentist and you're saying, okay, I'm spending that time on team management and people. And, and that's one of the reasons that dentists get so frustrated is because the width of that uh, area in your circle is pretty wide. And then there's the next circle. There's basically business stuff, right? There's, you know, dealing with insurance and, and, uh, and accounts receivable and, and dealing with the bank and, and all those kind of things. And then finally you get into that smaller circle. That's um, your, it's your clinical stuff. It's um, you know, what you do uh, clinically and, and maybe um, later on, that's your, your leadership, but, but that's your craft, that's your skill. Those other two areas, even though you're smart, you had to, you know, you had to get through physics and calculus and all kinds of crazy things to get into dental school. And then you had to survive uh, dental materials and all these crazy things in dental school. So you're smart enough to, to learn about, uh, you know, managing people and you're, you're smart enough to learn all these business things, but really why not let other people do some of those things and expand that little target in the middle, make that circle bigger that's how you get a big practice. You well, do, or do what your your skill is. Well, well, listen. You you know we've talked about different strategies, different strategies you can put into your practice right now. This is a strong strategy. I like to use the word delegation. If the strategy is same day service, then or if the strategy is scheduling to hit your goals. Those are all strategies to help your practice grow. But if the doctor's carrying everything around in his bucket, he's got to learn to give this stuff away. And that's what I just heard you say. I'm saying the same thing in a different way. But the strategy has to have put good people around you that want to help you focus on the direction of your practice. And so that you're not the one doing all the things in the outer circle. You're not the one dealing with the AR. You're not the one dealing with the insurance, all the business stuff. And, right. and you know, I, you and I both know guys that are in the stage four practice and their main focus is so laser like you, yes. you, you make this, these circles into a target. You aim small, you miss small. I, I love the Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. He was telling his sons, son, aim small to miss small. And that's a laser like focus. And if we're focused on a target and we're going to hit the infinite center of that target, you've got to aim really small. And those doctors that make it to the stage four practice, maybe they're not even doing clinical dentistry anymore. They're focused on the vision and the direction and what that means. And their focus is so strong, you better get out of their way. Nothing is is going to stand in their way. And you think about big businessmen in the past that said, we're going to make it when everybody else says you're going in the wrong direction. And, and I think of, of, of Walt Disney when he was doing Disney World. Um, 
he has a movie called Imagineers and me and my kids watched it the other day. It's a series. And it was amazing because he needed like eight or $9 million to build Disneyland in, in California back in like 1955. It ended up costing 17 million, but he was so focused on his direction. If it wasn't his way, he made them redo it. Now he, he didn't redo it. He was overseeing all of it, but it's a, it is a fascinating story because he was, go ahead. Right. And it's an example in, in his case, uh, he was, he was the dreamer. He, he had the dream and he knew what his strength was. And then his brother, Roy, uh, that's right. Doing all the mechanics for him. So, so, you know, they figured that out. Uh, and so, so that's an example. And I just, you know, if you're, if you're a dentist, um, maybe you're in the stage one and you're like, ah, I don't even know. I, I don't have, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that there's no way they can be leaders. And so as you're, you know, as you're hiring and we're not talking about hiring right now, but, but just in, in your mind, as, as you're looking at people that come into your practice, you should be looking at people and going, okay, is this my, is, is this person going to be really a phenomenal person? Does this person that, that this is, this is sort of the, the lump of coal that's going to, we're going to find mm. a diamond in there. I mean, you should really, that's be good. About, you shouldn't be just sort of hiring the best of the worst. Um, you should no, really no, no. hold on to, to, to get the people that you think are really going to shine through. But Matt, this is good because we've all been in that stage one practice. I had a guy give me some advice 22 years ago and I'll never forget it. I was in the stage one practice. He did not identify it the way you're identifying it. Right. But this is what he said. When you go into a meeting and you're going to tell your team something, a new strategy, a new vision, always pull one or two team members. Now, this is a huge pearl for tonight's call. If you're a stage one or a stage two practice, please write this down. Let's say you have a group of six employees and you're about to go in and present something big, a new direction, a new strategy, a morning meeting, same day service, whatever this is, Matt, and you're going to go into this meeting. This gentleman told me this 22 years ago and it's never failed me. Pull one or two of them in the office and say, I have an idea. How do you feel about this? Why will this work? This is what I'm thinking. And tell them the story. You make sure you're ready. Don't just wing it. When you tell them the story, you get them on board. You get them excited. And you make sure some of it is their idea, not your idea. That's what all great leaders do. They take the blame and they give the credit away. I will never forget this gentleman telling me this. And so now you're a stage one practice thinking, wow, we're talking about team leaders and I'm just trying to make it, I'm just trying to make it to make, make payroll. Well, if you have a new strategy you're trying to implement and you're trying to take this lump of coal and turn them into a team leader and you don't know where to start, pick one or two of them. And, and, and I, I, I test you on this. Pick one or two of them, pull them in your office and say, listen, I need your help. Those are magic words. And I would say, Matt, I need your help with something. I'm thinking about doing a new strategy that I heard these two crazy guys talk about on a podcast. And so I need your help. How do you think we would do this? Because now we're going to do this strategy called whatever. Let's say it's called same day service strategy where we're going to block some time off. When do you think we should block the time off? What procedures do you think would meet into that? Well, you already know, but Matt, I'm asking you because I'm wanting you to give me feedback because now you're part of it with me. 
Now, what does this do when you present it to the whole team? Well, that gives you someone else on your side, and it and, and it and it's not just you. It's 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 a it's a team effort. It's it's a group effort. So they see that. And I know you've done this real. before, Matt. How powerful is that? Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if you've got you you've got like I, I like what you said. Take all the blame and give the credit away. Um, <laughs> you you really want people to come up with stuff on their own. Now you know we're not idiots. You, you have a framework of things to do. And we're going to talk about some of that, uh, here in a minute when we start talking about core values and things, but, um, but yeah, you want to make, make it their idea because then they own it. Um, and, and that's, as you develop these team leaders, you're going to have them owning things and owning decisions that now you don't have to worry about anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. so the thing is, is, um, you know, when we look at the team leaders and, and if, if you're in the stage two, you've got, you maybe have 12 employees, let's say. And so you're looking, uh, you're looking for people to, you know, lead administratively. You're looking for people to lead the clinical, the assistants, you're looking for people to lead in hygiene. And then, and then what, what are these people doing? I mean, what, what are they doing? Are they sit in an office somewhere? No. Um, but they're going to, they're going to do their job. And then they're also, uh, also going to be managing systems. Uh, and then, and then people. So, um, and what you're saying, John, is you're, you're, de- you're developing these systems and then you're pulling them aside and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And it's, it's really a system. You're defining systems and you're, and you're getting it down for them. And that's the first thing that, that, that they're going to manage those, those systems they are going to manage how you're going to do, how are you going to control uh, same day treatment? How is that going to be work for you? So you have a system for that. Um, and then, as, as you get those systems built up, whether it's scheduling or, or, or uh, a same day treatment or, um, uh, you know, how the huddle is going to go. Once you get those systems going, then the next thing that you're going to be teaching them how to do is how to um, basically manage people and become leaders uh, in, in, your, um, in your organization. So I like what you're saying about that particular project. And, and, and the question is, well, how do you pick them? And and so I alluded that to the beginning of, about my sister-in-law is that you can't just assume that that someone has high skills um, in in whatever it is that they're doing, whether they're, in, they're the most awesome hygienist or most awesome assistant or the best at, at at the office in the front office answering phones. Is you can't just assume that you know you, that you might think, well, this person's kind of a superstar that they're going to want leadership. Um, that's a huge mistake, and and I've made it. Uh, I have too. I have made that. And I've lost people because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what you have to do is you have to be a little bit sneaky. Um, So you might, um, I do the general thing. So uh, when I first started looking, um, or when I started getting this, I would see people and I think, oh, she seems, I think she's got some things going on. I, you know, she's, she's, um, you know, for whatever reason, you just see something in that person. And, and then what I do is I say to them, I said, um, let's, let's assume every, let's, let's assume, um, I, I don't come back tomorrow. Some other dentist shows up and this dentist is clueless about how to run a practice. Um, and it's your job to run the practice. What changes would you make? And, um, you've talked to him about a few other things a few minutes before, so you don't just hit him with that question necessarily. Um, but they may look at you and go, they'll either kind of give you the dead trout look, you know, the dead trout look where they're just kind of standing with their mouth is kind of hanging <laughs> open. So, so, so they'll give you that. And then you'll be like, mm, maybe this isn't the person. 
or they may they may actually say well you know what they might have answers right away or they may say um i have a couple things but um can i can i think about that for a few minutes doc and and then you say uh, yeah as a matter of fact um i want you to think about it and i want you to go ahead and write them down and by friday um could you just put that in my inbox so what you're doing is you're testing this person um, and you're seeing if they're really interested um, in the first step, which is, can they think outside of whatever it is their their profession is? Are they assistant? Um, but now all of a sudden this assistant's having to think about the bigger picture. And um, you and some of you might be out there thinking, well, I have an office manager, so she manages everything. Um, well, does she? Um, and is there somebody else that might be better at that? Is there more global thinker in your practice? So I would start with that. And I like what you were saying, John, if you have a project, that would be a good test too. say, Hey, um, tell me a little bit what you think about this. Um, because that's the kind of thinkers that you're going to need, um, to be team leaders. Well, it is. And, and Matt, there's a difference, a team leader, they're in they're you know, they're, they're in the thick. They're in the mud with everybody else walling around. They're in there doing their thing with everyone else. A lot of times an office manager is standing back managing. And so when we talk about being in the do, team leaders are right in there with them trying to execute, uh, you know, trying to execute uh, the vision of the practice or the vision of that moment or the mission of that day. So, so why are they existing that day right then? Maybe it's to get um, the sedation patient uh, through the process and and they're going to need help and team leaders are going to jump in and then they're going to w- talk about systems afterwards. Maybe a team leader is going to step up and say, I believe this morning meeting is so important that I'll be accountable for running the morning meeting every single morning. I want to play a part of this. And, and, you know, sometimes you have team leaders that are thinkers on the fly. And some of them, they're thinkers at home. And sometimes some team leaders, you can bounce ideas off of immediately. And other ones you bounce an idea off and a day or two days later, the answer you get back is incredible as well. So I don't, I don't think leadership, I'm a thinker. I'm not going to, if you ask me a question, uh, odds are, I'm not going to give you an answer immediately because I'm going to research it and I'm going to give you an answer quickly but I'm probably not just going to fire something back at you if it's a very important leadership decision. Right. And again, going back, uh, you know, if you're thinking about having these people step up, it's, it's a process. You, you don't just like do this exercise I was telling you about and then that tell that person the next week that they're a team leader. So, but you're, you're sort of, you're, you're grooming, you know, hopefully, and John and I both have practices that are full of leaderships on uh, leaders on every level. Doesn't mean they want to be the team leader, um, but leadership is really important um, within your whole organization. Um, but you know, this is not a you don't just pick you don't pick somebody to be a team leader. Um, they really pick themselves, and and as as you uh, as you go through some of these things, you start realizing some of these things. They'll come up to you. Uh, one of my team leaders. She she frankly, she came up to me. She says, Dr. Vandermolen, I'm ready to step up. I mean, wow. she, she did that. And so I knew right there what that meant because she, we were kind of testing her some things. And I even challenged her. I, the year before, I was going to let her go. She mm. came to my practice with nine years of experience, well, nine years of dentistry, but one year of experience. And, uh, and, and, she, and it was showing. 
and, you know, we had a little talk and, and she realized, you know, she was in a different game. Um, and then she went through some things and she goes, I'm, I'm ready to step up. And so she had the maturity of someone being in dentistry for nine years, but you know, she really had to learn the nuts and bolts and, and now she's phenomenal. Uh, don't, don't, don't make a mistake thinking clinical ability has anything to do with the leadership because it just does not. Some of my, uh, some of the highly, highly qualified dental assistants that we've hired are, are terrible leaders. And some of them, quite frankly, don't make it in our practice, uh, because, because they're not ready to step up. I, I liked what you said. She said, I'm ready to step up. I've got something written down in my notes tonight from, you know, the New England Patriots and lots of college football teams. I'm a big sports guy. Lots of college football teams talk about the next man up uh, mentality. Right. Well, that sometimes means if a player goes down, you're the next man up, you better be ready. Well, right. sometimes it means you're the owner doctor and you know that the next man up, who that is. Lou Holtz, Lou Holtz was just incredible with the uh, with, with the uh, the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish back in the eighties and nineties, and he was an incredible football coach. But they finally asked him. They said, Lou, wh- why do you always have? How do you have an eye for such great talent? Well, he said, What do you mean? He said, Well, you have an eye for great talent. How is it? He said, Because. Every single year, I'm not just studying football and studying film, but I'm studying those other coaches and their coaching assistants. And I see who's coming up. And he said, I keep a list. And the reporter, I'll never forget this reporter said, what do you mean you keep a list? He said, I keep a list of 70 to 80 coaches throughout the country that are assistant coaches. Maybe they're special team coaches. Maybe they're coaching assistants that were outstanding when they played college football. He's always looking for new talent. How many coaches from Lou Holtz became left and became coaches somewhere else? They were assistants with him, and they left and went somewhere else. So, Matt, I have another question for you. Go ahead. What happens when your practice grows to the level three or the level four, and you've gotten to a certain size, and you have strong leaderships, strong leadership with a strong leadership structure and you have strong, strong team leaders. Then underneath that level, you have strong employees, strong clinical team, strong front desk team, strong new patient coordinator team. But yet you have people that are ready to step up and there's no place for them to step up. Now, this could be a problem. And so is the next step for you then to go do it again somewhere else? Well, uh, absolutely, that that could be done. So, um, and and I've watched uh, doctors do that. They take, again, they take team leaders, and they say, okay, well, now instead of you being the hygiene team leader at you know practice A, now you're going to be a, a regional practice uh, team or hygiene team leader of practice now A, B, C, D, uh, and E. But again, um, I would be careful about just just concluding that that person is going to want to be a regional um, team leader or director. Usually they, 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 usually the word becomes director. Right. At that point. right. So you don't know. Um, and so you have to go through, through the same kind of things. Um, and if you're deciding that you want to have several practices and you start having that kind of, you know, what would happen if uh, I came in and said, I bought three practices, what, you know, uh, what do you think you, you would do with that? Um, and they might just freak out and go, well, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, so then that's not your person. Or they might well, go, 
I've been thinking about that for years, doctor. How long, why did it take you so long to say that? You, you may hear that too. You, you don't may. know. But, but in, in theory, it's no different because I, I threw that out there because there's doctors listening thinking, wow, that's way outside the box thinking. But you and I know guys that have done that. But you know what? If you're the doctor in the stage one practice, that's outside the box thinking to think, wow, I'm going to go from stage one where I'm doing everything and cleaning, including cleaning the toilets before I leave at the end of the night. Yeah. I'm doing everything. And now I'm going to have to start delegating to get to stage two. And now I'm at stage two and I'm doing everything really well. And I'm working 25 hours a day and, and, and I never see my kids. And, and you mean there's another way because it's all radical thinking every bit of this. And if you're not at that next level, you can't see it. You see a ceiling. You haven't busted through the ceiling to see what's on top of the roof. That next level, you're not seeing it. And so for some of you that are in level three or level four right now listening, maybe you have great people and it's not time to go buy three more practices. Maybe it's time to start talking about one more, just one more practice. And, and who's willing to do it? Because if I personally am going to do one more practice, I'm not working in it. I'm not going to go do another practice for me to go work in it. Right. My goal is to not work any harder. And I work hard enough. Uh, I, I'm a wet finger dentist. Uh, I work 35 to 40 hours a week, every single week. I love dentistry and I love, I love working on the vision, working on the mission and ex how we execute the mission through systems. But is the next step doing it again somewhere else? Because if we're truly in the people business, if we're truly in the people business, how do we grow and expand? Right. And I think, uh, and, and I might've, when we, when I was, we were going through the different stages, um, um, back several podcasts ago, if you haven't listened to that, you need to listen to that about the, the four stages of, of, of dental practice. But we talked about when you're in that stage two practice and that you had to make a leap of faith into stage, um, three, well, that, that leap of faith starts a little bit, um, especially with starting to pick uh, team leaders in, in level two. And the one thing they, um, you know, I haven't met, uh, too many dentists that are, um, sloppy about what they do. I mean, we're all pretty, pretty anal retentive about details. We all went to school. We, we, we had a heart attack. If we got, <laughs> got an A minus on something like the end of the world, um, you know, so we, we, we all went through that and you guys all know that I'm, I'm not even exaggerating about that stuff. So, um, so now, now you're going to, you're going to bring somebody, you know, you're going to, you're going to let somebody do something besides, uh, the assisting things. You're, you're going to have that person do some management things and, and of course, the, the part of the work in this, and, and that's why stage two is hard, because you have to work on these, you have to establish things, you have to establish the systems you're going to do, and then you have to teach and mentor uh, your your leader on how to do that. And then you got to check up on on him or her that they're, they're doing what things are right. And this is where, and it's that part, that, that part where you're verifying that they're doing it right, that Dennis... Uh, shoot themselves in the foot almost every time because what do they do? They 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 check up on that person and they go, oh, uh, wow, you know, Sally, you just this isn't quite right. I, I you know I just I don't know if this is working out because you just didn't get it right. And the fact of the matter is though, is if you were doing a grading system on it, 
probably Sally got a B plus on what she did. And she didn't get an A, she got a B plus. Well, horrors of horror to Dennis, we're like B plus, that's not good enough. But you know what? I want you to take a step back and I want you to think about school and I want you to think about all your classmates that got B pluses uh, and how a lot of them are just killing it in life right now. Okay. Yeah, the, the, yeah, right, right. The yeah, B plus yeah. students are the one that are making the hundred million dollar endowment back to the university. Right. It's so, they're the creative ones, right? Yeah. Yes. So I want you to you have to be okay with B plus, and you have to and and okay, maybe there's some things going to improve, but you have to be okay with it, and you you can't you can't come out with a criticism, and and it's and it's careful, and they could hold do a whole podcast on how you do this, but you know essentially what you don't want to do is you know hey Sally, good job on on everything, but um, you know you need to do this. Um, that that's like that's the worst thing you can say to Sally. That's a big but. Don't that's do that. Yeah, yeah, don't don't do that. But I, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't anticipate this call tonight going in this direction. But this is so much worth saying. I hope if you're listening tonight, you caught what he just said. We're talking about empowering people to grow your practice, to to grow your people to grow your practice. And I have to say this: if you're possibly thinking about bringing in somebody to, to be a team leader or somebody to just be in leadership. Have them listen to this because if you have already have two or three leaders in your practice, you may have one superstar leader and she is incredible. And if you tell her to do something, she does it exactly how you like it. Well, that can be a problem too because if she's teaching somebody else to do part of her job, she can be the problem now. Right. She can be the problem. Maybe she's a quick start personality where she's trying to train the new person how to do something very, very easy, something that's that you should be able to train somebody to do. But it might be something that might take the average person maybe three or four days to learn. Well, this right. person's a quick start. Well, she's already said, oh, never mind. I'll just do it. Right. That's exactly. a bad thing. That's so leaders need to learn to delegate as well. So if you have someone in your practice that is leadership potential, it's it's teach, empower, and then let them go do it and empower them to do it. Don't don't teach them how to do it and then inspect it until you just crush them. And then tell them, "Oh, well that's right. You did pretty good this time, but" Well, you did okay this time. Oh, you did really, really good tonight, Matt. With this podcast, I can tell you really studied hard. It's a good podcast. I really like it, but. But. (laughs) And that's a big but. Yeah. You know, and if you have an employee doing their very, very best, criticism is crucial. I mean, constructive criticism is, uh, it's dangerous too, though. Right. So, I mean. The, the main thing is put B plus on your wall and then after put is okay. Um, I like that. So, and, and then if you think that way, then of course you're going to take opportunities as you go through. You say, man, you just, you did great. Uh, that's awesome. I really appreciate that you're doing that. That just makes me so much more able to do, you know, more clinical dentistry because you're taking care of that. I really appreciate that you're handling it. I appreciate you. And, and then, and then, when you say it like that, they may go, well, I was a little unsure about this or it wasn't, what do you think about that? Well, now you have permission to say, okay, well, here's, here's what you could have done to, 
to to improve that then you got mm. information or if you're working along with them and something comes out and you can you can show things you just it doesn't have to be all at once b plus is awesome yeah um, it is so so if you can get that uh go for it john i want to talk a little bit about um and I did some. So if you're the doctor and you got to do this, you're thinking this is work. And and you're absolutely right. It's work. Um, you, your job is you got to train uh, these team leaders. And once you get them going, you got to manage them. And then um, and then you got to lead them. Um, but the thing is, is if you're in that stage two and you're starting to get maybe 10, 12 employees, uh, you know, the statistics are always that you, you can't really manage more than five people. You can't really work with more than five people. So, so just by the definition of the numbers is, is you need to manage five or less. So, um, so with that being said is that really your focus is going to be more in terms of management and, and working great individually with people is you're going to work with a smaller group, your leaders, and then they in turn are going to work with, with their teams. Um, but the, the thing that, um, that I developed a long time ago, and it's kind of, kind of fluffy stuff is uh, core values uh, and what's your mission, uh, you know, what's your purpose and all these kind of things. And, uh, you know, my personality type was that for a long time, I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't need that soft stuff. Let's just get to the hardcore numbers. Let's, let's make this thing go. <laughs> and, um, and, the, and what ends up happening is, is that you really fight with yourself a lot and uh, you could become an angry person. Um, and so <laughs> because nobody's doing what you want, them to do because you know what you haven't defined who you are so so if, if you're in stage one practice I, I think it's of, of value to think about why am I doing this and if, if and you're looking in the class the, the, the stage two and I hope that you listen to that and say well this is what's possible and then take a little time to reflect on who who you are what kind of practice you want to have and and you know what tell your team um, and a lot a lot of you are introverts but if you tell your team what it is that you're looking for, you will be shocked um, at how they grab onto that and they want to help you out because these are helping people. That's why they're in healthcare. That's why they're in dentistry. They want to help. So if you tell them this is what you're doing and I need your help, they'll they'll start coming up with this stuff. And that's how you'll start finding your team leaders and, and all these 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 great things. But at first you need to sort of defi define your core values. Um, but once you get going along and you've and you've kind of told people and there's some different things and now you have uh, a, t a team leader or two or three, now you need to sit down with them and going back to what you said, John, about uh, having it be their idea is you need to have a, a, a meeting with your team leaders and say, look, um, we, I, I want to really focus on why it is that we're here at our office. I want I, I want to define what our values are. I want to define what our mission is. Um, and I need your help. And, and how we're going to do this is I want each of you to pick out uh, one or two people on your team. So if you're the assistant team leader, you have one or two assistants, the hygienist, one or two hygienists, the front desk, one or two front desk people. I want to pick out if we could clone those people. Mm, that's our, good. Our, our practice would kill. And so immediately they usually can come up with somebody. So you put their names down and you say, okay, why did you pick those people? Tell me what are their characteristics? And, you know, they're going to come up with things like, oh, well, um, they're really responsible. They, uh, when I tell them to do something, they get it done. Or they're just really, really good at um, communication. They're, they're great communicators or they're really empathetic. They're, they really have a lot of empathy with uh, the, the patient. Okay. And, okay. And okay. But I, I, those kind of things. 
I got to stop you right here. What you're saying is to have just a, like, have like a team leader meeting where it's, it's, it's like you're facilitating the discussion and you're asking questions and they're coming up with it. You're, you're guide, you know where you want to go, but you know, you may not have all the answers. So I love the idea because we all have that superstar assistant or maybe there's somebody in the front. And so maybe you do it for a front office, back office. I don't know. And you're going to tell us this, but Matt, I love this idea from the standpoint of, okay, everybody, tell me what makes, what are the values that makes, makes this person a superstar? Right. And, and they're just going to come up with this list. And, uh, you know, I, I just recently redid this with my, my own team leaders uh, last year. And so, you know, some of the things that they came up with, this, this person has uh, integrity. They're, they're not cynical. They may say they things that they're not. They're not cynical. Um, they're, um, this person's never satisfied. They, they, they're always looking to, to, to be better. They're, you know, and they may say, well, they're just a hard worker. Or, um, you know, they, when, whenever they do something, it seems like they always do something to the next level. Like mm. patients are always like, wow, that person does sing the next level. And, and um, you know, they, they say that they're committed. They may say that they're fun. They're, this person's a lot of fun. Um, and, or this person really encourages teamwork or they, they're always reaching out to help. They're always saying, what, what else can I do? How can I help you? So now you have this list of, you know, 40, 50 things. And a lot of things that they'll say, and, and what I'd encourage you is write down everything. Even if you go, oh, we just, we just, they just said that it might be in a little different words. And like you said, John, it's just a little different. Um, so the way they describe someone at the front and someone in the back might be similar, but for now, just write down what they say. Then you're going to go back with them and go, okay, are there some of these things that we could combine? Mm, that's good. Let's work on that. So you're going to narrow it down by combining stuff, start combining stuff. Awesome. And then, and so now you might have a list of maybe 20 things, 25 things. And you say, okay, we're going to, um, we, everybody gets a cop, you know, write down those 20, 25 things. And next week we're going to meet, we're going to meet and we're going to narrow those things down to anywhere between three and eight um, things. So, and at the point you're like, well, I don't know how to do that, but you just give it a week and then you come back and you still may be doing some combining. So, so one category might be a combination. So, uh, you know, for instance, um, you know, in, in our office, we, we talk about, uh, one of our, our core values is that someone's competent and confident. We think those two go together. So that becomes one. Um, and, uh, so you might do those things, but you should have little short things that you come up with as, and and now you've got your core values. And like you said, ahead of time, you in your mind, you're like, okay, these are the things I want to hear, but you might hear some things put in a different way from your team leaders, you think, well, that's, that's really good. That's a, that's a, that's a good angle on that particular thing. So now they own the core values, you that's own right. the core values. And now when they're going back, cause we're telling you, well, you got, they got to go back to their team and they got to manage their team. They got to do all these things. Well, now they're rock solid on what it is that they're, they're basically there to do. Mm. That's good. That's good. We, we did the exact same thing. Uh, but instead of core values for a team member, uh, and 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 what do we 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 came up with an office culture guide, Matt? And you're describing this, and I did this probably 16, 17 years ago. And to this day, every new employee that we hire, 
And every year we read our office culture guide. And yes. and on our office culture guide, we did it the exact same way where we talked about, okay, all right, Matt, let's just let's brainstorm for a minute. When you think about being on time, why does that matter? Well, being on time means you're not five minutes late, you're five minutes early. Being on time means you come to work, you're dressed properly, you're ready to go, you're, you've already done your chart research, you understand what your goals are for the day, you're here now, and being ready means you are ready to go. It doesn't mean you show up and you have to say, hold on, let me go fix my hair. You know, right. or, or when, when you think about the core values you know, I do think maybe it right. might be a little different than in the back than in the front, but not much. And when you no. narrow everything down, it's a basic, fundamental foundation of core values. This is good. And I love the way you describe that because now what you've described is not only a core value, but a performance objective, um, mm. you know, level of performance. And, and so, uh, you know, every dentist and I used to be the same way. It's like, ah, oh, you know, we're supposed to do these reviews and you buy some generic form from some practice management company and it would have these different things and you check plus minus or maybe rate a through d or you know is good fair poor excellent whatever and you know do it go through the motions but it didn't really mean anything well now like like you just you just said so so a core value in your practice is being on time and here's what that means and you've defined that there you go so now so now when you're doing reviews uh, or when you're hiring somebody, now you have an objective thing to look at. And um, I want to steer everybody towards a book. Uh, it's written by Gino Wickman, uh, G-I-N-O Wickman. He wrote a book uh, called Traction. And um, he has this whole, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's EOS uh, worldwide. And, and if you go to eosworldwide.com, there's a lot of information that he has in there. And um, one of the things he has in there is um, basically this thing called a people analyzer. And so what he's done is he takes what, what, however many core values you have and you just line them up and and you basically rate somebody plus or minus. So so either they're they're doing that, they're on doing on time like John just described, or maybe they're doing it most of the time, so they'd be a plus minus, or maybe they they're just not doing it. They're they're a minus. And so you go through that and you have your three to eight things that you've listed and you you've got a, a rating on that and 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 your team has been informed of what each of your core values means. And, and like you said, John, you need to be sort of preaching that. And when you have a meetings, you might pick one just even randomly as you're going through things, my team gets used to it. Cause it's like, well, he's going on this one again, but <laughs> just, because everything we do surrounds his core values. So it's easy to say, okay, that was a great example of what I mean by being on time. And, and here it is again. So they just need to hear that over and over again, but now they're being rated on it. And so, and, and you have have that sort of a, a rating scale, uh, either they're doing it or they're doing it most of the time or they're never doing it. Well, then you describe and then you work with your team leaders and go, OK, what's where we're we setting the bar. So, in other words, if we have um, if we have eight different core values and someone either gets pluses or plus minuses in uh, for our office, it's five. Um, and then once the, if they get three minuses. I'm sorry, if they get three, let me go back. So if they go through and they get three plus minuses out of the eight, then we're going to talk to them. Okay. That's a problem. That's the bar. 
So all pluses, three plus minuses. If they have a minus, that's immediately a problem um, because it's a core value. So you can't just say, well, it's okay to have seven out of eight core values because then it's not a core. Um, they're sort of out of bounds. They've reached outside of that. So um, that's how, how we do things. And we have a whole process. And, and I encourage you to read this book. Um, you'll love, as dentist, you'll love this book because this guy, he's, he's, he's hammered through all the BS. He, he's right down to, you know, here's, here's, here it is. Here's how it works. Here's the steps to do it. And, and he's got other suggestions in his book about how to organize um, what it is that, that you do. Um, but if you don't do anything else, this part of it right here, and he'll help in here is a, is a description of how you define your core values. And he goes in further about how, what's your mission statement and even what is your greater purpose. Mm. Um, and, and all that's very enlightening. Um, but I really want to focus on the fact that you need to know those core values because that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to manage your team. You're going to lead your, your team leaders, um, by showing them where you're going to go, but you have to manage them. And, and part of management is knowing what you stand for and what your core values are. Okay. And, so, so go ahead, go ahead. I was to say, and your team leaders, as you're developing this, you're going to, you're going to, as you get your core values, you're going to introduce this to your team leaders. You're going to show them that, and you're going to have them rate themselves. You're going to say, okay, uh, here they are. I've just listed all eight across here. Are you a plus? Are you a plus minus? Are you a minus? Well, of course, they're team leaders, and they're not going to put any minuses. And they're probably <laughs> going to, they're probably going to give themselves more plus minuses than you would, um, because that's the kind of people they are at that level. Um, but that's a fun exercise, and then they get it. And 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 when you define that bar, based on what their responses might be, might help you to define that bar. But okay. just don't don't overlook the fact that you're going through this exercise with them, and they are. They they are uh, you and your team leaders are are doing this self discovery together. You're discovering how strong this is, and that builds to your foundational base. the The success of your business is based off of your core values and the leadership there. So when you did this, Matt, yes, how well how well did your team leaders understand what? you felt like was important and what they felt like was important to the success of the practice? Well, I don't, um, when, when we were going through it, I don't think they were necessarily looking to me to see um, what I was, what I was thinking. Um, I, I think it was more, and, 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 and that was really kind of cool. And, and what was kind of funny is when we were, when we were axing the, the ones that we weren't going to use, right. They were, you know, we all, I, I did kind of secret votes cause I didn't want them to base whatever they were thinking about based on what the other leaders, or definitely I didn't want them to, to know that. So we didn't raise our hands. We actually said, okay, here's the next one. Here's the next one. And then, you know, we axed them and then we discussed why we would ax it or, or keep something. So I think it's so important that that they're not really guiding off of you um, yeah but but listen there's doctors right now that are busy are you telling me this is this important are, <laughs> are you telling me that i have to go through all this because um i'm busy how right. important is this to the success of your practice well, it's, it's actually huge um, because it, there's a lot of different levels, right? So, um, 
So when you're defining, what you're doing is you're setting up your system for team reviews. You got to do team reviews, not just because you have to do them because it's an HR thing, but people want to know uh, how they're doing. And you and I both run practices where we're playing the game. So if, you run, if you're running around, and here's a good way to, to lose good people too, is don't do reviews and don't, um, don't don't define these things because if you define these things and then you and then you're pointing out hey uh you know go back to sally again sally man you were what you did there that was really responsible um you know you you said what you were going to do you got it done that's 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 huge for our practice um Mm. that that, that's our core values that's what we really stand for so it gives you a a way to compliment someone and at the same time to point out what are your core values so Mm. core values are so good in that but if you ignore that if you don't even know what your core values are or you know obviously we all have sort of values but if you're not defining them and giving them those areas for people to step up in your organization they're just going to be working and and like i said it's usually the good people that'll leave all of a sudden they're going to leave and they're going to say stuff like uh well uh, you know i just didn't feel like i'm really not going here i don't really feel appreciated um i'm going to go there because they're going to pay me a dollar more an hour um and you know that's that's a sad situation and i'm i'm going to tell you i've been guilty of that um that's happened to people and where they didn't say it wasn't they weren't getting appreciated but they said they were going to get a dollar more an hour you know but the the flip side is appreciation <laughs> well but yeah. the, i agree but the flip side of that is true too because when you have this in place this is a support system the team knows the team leaders know they understand the game they understand what's expected of them and if they do go somewhere else for a, a dollar an hour raise and they it's a whole different culture right if yep. you do this what you're talking about and you define these core values i guarantee you one of them will be something like this one of the core values will be something like like define the attitude that you want everybody to have in your practice. Right. Something to do with how the attitude is. Something to do with it being a safe place. Something to do with the word teamwork. And everybody j- does their job. Do your job. Uh, and and if, if that is wrapped around the foundation of the business and that person goes somewhere else for a dollar more an hour, where it's a dog-eat-dog world and everybody's cutting their own throat, they will have made the worst decision. I've had, I've had employees leave and move away. I have a girl right now. She is a team leader. She moved away. Her husband took a job and she right. left. She got out of dentistry for a year. She now lives uh, two and a half hours away. And after a year being gone, she, she called and met with me um, and my wife. And she said, listen, I'm ready to get back in dentistry. I'm like, well, okay. I mean, you can do anything you want to. You're that talented. Right. But you live two and a half hours away. She says, I know. And my husband said, just go get a job. And she said, I, I'm pretty sure she interviewed it for at some other places. And then she said, I told my husband, you just don't understand. Well, to make a long story short, because of our culture, because of our core values, because of what we stand for, why we exist, what our purpose is every day, she doesn't have to worry about money. Her husband has a very good job. I mean, she doesn't work now. And then she started back with us and she works two days a week. And she comes in and she's a, she's basically a team leader still and a trainer. And she right. can do anything in the practice. 
But here's here's somebody who buys into us so much. Her husband says, well, just go to any dentist, go to work for any dentist here. She's like, oh, no, no, no. You just don't understand. So Matt, what you're describing here is deeper than doing a filling. It's deeper than checking out a patient. It's deeper than a morning meeting, or it's deeper than figuring out somebody's personality. Yeah. That, that, that's why this is so, so very, very important to the success of your practice. This isn't an owner's manual at all either. No. Okay. And it, it defines, it defines your culture. So that's in, um, and people you hear out tell you what's what's the culture and it, culture can be very negative or it can be very positive or it can be really sweet or it can be high energy you know you define that uh in your practice and my practice it's high energy um mm. you know and uh you know we we talk about uh that you know one, one of our core values is that we're fast walkers in a culture of high performance well uh does that mean a slow walker that that doesn't move so fast is a bad person no but it means that they don't belong in our practice um, that wouldn't be right for them. And so, so everybody in our team knows that coming in and they're proud of it because that helps define who they are. I mean, we're all going around. Who, who are we? What, what, do, what do we stand for? And so you're really helping these people on an individual level because uh, just, just because they have these core values at work doesn't mean they don't carry them home. And, and I, and that's one of my, you know, think my life work in dentistry is that I hope they take a lot of these home. Um, because I, because I believe in them, uh, and, and I think that's had a lot of success. So there's no reason why whatever core values you come up can't be su- uh, a, a success, um, uh, system for, for your, your team when they're, when they bring it home, whether it being a mom or, or maybe they even have another job. Um, so, and they take that with them. So it's understandable that you would have someone leave you, um, because of those kind of circumstances and really feel a void. Um, mm-hmm. for us, she wants to express those core values and she knows she can't really do that in something that she really understands really well, unless she's in a practice like yours. And <laughs> let's face it, you gotta, you have to drive a lot. You have to drive from Oklahoma to Springfield to find that. So, <laughs> uh, so, um, and that sounds really egotistical, but I have to say that, um, you know, again, we're, we're introducing this. These are things that, that John and I have learned and we really, have the the uh we we feel we know that how deep this goes because we have years of experience and and our hope is that those of you who don't have years of experience will say hey these guys think this is real important there must be something going there must be something to this i need to get started and um and and i've said like i said gino wickman's book is is a great way to get started and don't get bogged down it just just get some simple things going and then set this up. This is one of the systems that you need to have in your, in your practice. Um, and you're going to improve it over time. And then you, you may come up with some other thing. Well, what's my greater purpose? Um, yeah. and, and, you know, what is that? And, and, and this podcast I do, because this is my greater purpose in general is that, um, you know, is, is that, um, I, you know, I want to become the best version of myself while helping others to do the same. And so that's, and and when you talk like that to your team and they get, well, dentistry is just kind of what we do and we do it really well. But if we step back and go, well, we're helping people become better. And it's not about teeth, Matt. That's right. the thing I want. I've been trying to, it is not about teeth. It's about growing people. And when you can grow people, 
um, I, I would challenge everybody listening to this, grab two or three team leaders, buy them lunch and say, let's listen to this together. This is all about leadership. This is about core values. Hey, by the way, uh, they're recommending this book called Traction. Let, let me buy it. Let, let's buy a copy and let's all read it. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, that's going to another level. And if it's truly about helping people, you know, it's not always about teeth. It just isn't. And it's about growing people. And uh, I, I could talk about this subject all night, Matt. This is really good. Yeah, <laughs> we, we definitely could, right? And just to think about yourself. So again, here you are in uh, level one or, or a stage one or stage two practice. You're in a stage two practice. You're working hard. Um, do you want a bunch of, do you want the typical, and this is typical, do you want... Um, basically office politics where the people that are the clinical people really don't like the people in the front because they don't, <laughs> they don't get each other. I mean, or do you want the office where the hygienists really, they have a little bit more of an attitude uh, about the assistants and the assistants have an attitude about the hygienist. Do you, do you want that? Absolutely. You don't, but that's the norm. That's quote unquote normal in my practice. That doesn't exist um, because everybody understands core values. They understand what the culture is. And, and part of the culture is to help each other out and make each other better while they're making themselves better. So mm. if you're in that kind of environment, how would you, how could you have any hate towards someone else? And it was kind of funny because, you know, we're, again, we're in the COVID-19 thing. And I, you know, it's uh, actually one of my uh, assistants, her husband's a plumber and we're in the process of putting in a, a different system to, to use ozone in our practice and ozonated water, which I'm really excited about. And uh, I said something to him. Uh, well, he, he bumped into one of my team leaders that was at the office basically and didn't bump into it, but they, he, he said something they, and they kind of had some, some, uh, some, uh, some kind of tough words with each other in, in fun. But, you know, and I looked at him and I go, I thought, I bet you thought your wife was the only uh, tough one in the group. And he goes, oh, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> These women can hold their own. And, and, and it's funny because his wife and this, this other gal, this other team leader, they, they, they will bump heads. But you know what? They're not bumping heads about, you know, some personal thing. If they're bumping heads, it's about something they're, they've said, hey, you know, something happened with that patient and we messed up and I think it's really this and the other one might think it's really that and they might be bumping heads about it but I'm good with that because they're bumping heads about something that they they care about they want to be better they want the whatever we did wasn't satisfactory for that patient and they want to be better and so they're bumping heads about it and they might argue about it for a few days but eventually what happens is they come to a resolution or they bring one of the other leaders and say hey let's figure this out so so I love that kind of uh, that type of um, competitive tension um, in the office uh, when that happens because it's good because we, we grow out of that and and that's the kind of thing you want you you don't want the other and that, no. that's common in other practices and I just you just don't want to be in that and so, so all this stuff, why do you do that be, so you can get a culture like that um, it's so easy to be around people when it's like that you know when you have the core values in the culture you you just step out of the way and, and keep working on the core values and the culture and the vision. And then right. you just get out of the way and, and you help people grow, help them become better versions of themselves. And in the process, right. it's going to be a fun journey. And uh, I, I, I cannot express how important this is uh, to the basic fundamental success of any business, of any business, 
and if, I don't care what level dental practice you are, um, you know, if you're a type three or type four practice without these, you're, you're pretty fortunate. Uh, if you're a type one or two practice without these, you're on shaky ground and you're just two or three employees getting mad at you and leaving. Right. And, and, and so Matt, thank you so much. This was, uh, this was good for me. Uh, we're all about to get back going with the COVID-19 virus stuff. Like you said, we're about to get back to work and, yes. and it's going to be easy to get bogged down in, in the busyness of, of, do I have the right PPE? Do I have enough supplies? Do I have enough of this or that? Or, and I'm worried about this and how do I move patients to the office and, and where are they going to park? And, and so we get all wound up on the little things. And sometimes you have to stop and take a deep breath and say, wait a minute, who are we? How do we work together? And what do we believe in? Right. Mm, Good stuff. It all comes back to that. So thanks a lot, John. Um, Another excellent podcast. I really appreciate you. uh, It's been fun, Matt. I've really enjoyed these. All right. Take care. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at SunriseDentalSolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions, an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.